Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Unstoppable Leadership with our guest today, Tasha Mills. So I want to introduce Tasha properly because Tasha has been doing a lot of work, a lot of things. I met her through a Facebook post that she had done. She was asking for a couple of questions. I answered and we ended up meeting in person a couple of times. And it is just amazing what Tasha has been doing. And the reason why I know Tasha, and I am going to read a little bit from her website because it needs to be read. And what Tasha does is she's not only a author, a motivational speaker, a mentor. She is also now working in documentaries. She has a huge story to tell. So this is one reason why we are doing this podcast, because ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about some hard things. We're going to talk about justice reform, prison reform. And here's why. Because she said, because society has never focused on a mother's life after her child has been incarcerated, Tasha decided to share a highly detailed journey of how she propelled through the physical and mental exhaustion of dealing with a dying mother and a prodigal son. Tasha conveyed authenticity, conviction, and compassion when she speaks about her best-selling memoir, Mama, I Should Have Listened, A Voice of Pain and Power. The room shakes when she starts to tell the horrific and true story of her eldest son, Blake, who received 40 years in prison in the Texas State Penitentiary for aggravated robbery at the age of 17, ladies and gentlemen. As she speaks with transparency, she gives her audience a descriptive view of the pain that she endured, all while disguising it with a smile and a larger-in-life personality, and I can vouch for that. Tasha now speaks from a place of power, a power that has transformed many lives and shed a light in the darkness of people who need it the most. She said, if I can save another family from enduring the pain that my family went through, putting my life on full display as is worth it. And Blake also says, I thought that the streets and my friends loved me, but soon I realized that my mom loved me so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Tasha Mills. And I really want to, I, I really can't convey it through this podcast, how, awesome it is to not only have gotten to meet you, but to actually really impact what we are doing for this world, what you are doing for this world. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Well, first of all, thank you, Dawn. It's an honor and a pleasure for me to be on this show with you. Um, I couldn't have done this by myself, especially without you and so many of the other mothers, I needed a whole team. And you guys were my team. And when I put that post out looking for mothers, you guys came on board so quickly and it made everything so much easier for me. Um, the documentary that we're speaking of, hopefully will be out of March of next year, is called Unheard Voices, A Mother's Quest for Freedom. And Unheard Voices is a depiction of 19 mothers story of the beginning journey of what they had to endure while their sons went to when their sons went to prison 
I think that society never focused on what I call the missing piece of the puzzle. And the missing piece of the puzzle are the mothers. Um, we have so much to endure when our kids go to prison. We cry, we get depressed. Some of us, including myself, I wanted to commit suicide when my son got 40 years in prison. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I was ashamed, I was embarrassed. Um, and I looked for other mothers who could identify. I went to the bookstores, I went on the internet and nobody was talking about their kids going to prison. Now we heard about children with incarcerated parents but did we ever hear about parents with incarcerated children? We didn't. And so I decided after about seven years of my son being incarcerated, I decided to put out a book and my son and I both named it, Mama, I Should Have Listened, Listen, A Voice of Pain and Power. And I thought that the title just spoke on so many levels. Um, and we get really, really, really deep in this book, as you know. Yes. You know, yeah. there were some really hard yeah. things that I had to um, come to grips with. You know, I enabled my son. And I'm not going to say that it's my fault that he's in jail or he's in prison, but I contributed to it yeah. because I didn't do my due diligence on his father. I wasn't really honest with some of the things that I could have been honest about in my life. So when I say contribute, I contributed contributed in that way. But did my son come from a good family? Absolutely. As all of these kids did, they come from good families. They go to great schools. They're in extracurricular activities. But sometimes something goes wrong along the way. And that's what we have to deal with. Yeah. And we talked a lot about that during the retreat is part of the reason why it goes so wrong is unfortunately our brains do not mature until a certain age and unfortunately the laws really have not caught up with science yet because science is just now realizing and really validating that our brains do not mature until we hit the age of 25. However, even though and I will say this because I will say this for my son, because my son will tell you in a heartbeat that he is taking accountability for his actions. So I'm not one of those moms that will say, you know, my son did wrong, but, you know, please, you know, don't put him in jail. We all know that, unfortunately, when our sons or our daughters or, you know, any of our family members commit some of these crimes, we still love them. Absolutely. But they hold themselves accountable. And when you start diving into the science of that and knowing the true science behind that, your brain actually does not really start being aware of really good decision making until you hit the age of 25. But we're putting these kids in prison forever, literally. I mean, 40 years, that is a lifetime. That is a lifetime. I mean, you're talking about going in prison at 17 and not getting out for 40 years. You will be 57 by then. And I don't even know, Dawn, if I'll be alive. But yeah. what I can tell you, I will fight from yeah. this day forward so that my son will be able to come out in a couple of years. And I think because he, he's been in there for 12 years now, he's matured so much. Um, Blake has taken accountability and it's, it's 
quite frankly, um, just the other day, he and I had this conversation and he said, mom, until you made me take accountability, I would never take accountability. But when you looked in my eyes and said, you're lying, this is what you've done. He said, that's when I had to say, you know what? I did do that crime. And now I'm sitting and I'm paying for it. My grandmother used to always say, I hope you don't pay dearly for your mistakes. And he's paying hefty, a hefty price for his mistake. But we're going to fight because I'm not fighting for right or wrong. I'm fighting for injustice of time. Yeah. 40 years is a lot of time to give to a seven year, 17 year old that had no prior conviction. And we're going to be on the front line. Hopefully this documentary is going to get into the hands of a Netflix or Amazon Prime, a great YouTube channel, and people are going to see it and they're going to come out and say, let's get on board with these mothers and let's change some lives. Um, I'm going to be in Texas with some of the other mothers. We're going to form a group. Hopefully we all are going to get on some talk shows. I'm in talk with Dr. Yeager so we can go on their um, Zoom class and speak to their peniology class. Um, next week. She's going to call me with a time on Monday and a few of us are going to go on there and we're going to talk to their, their class and kind of change the trajectory of how they think. Um, and that's at John Jay Criminal College, one of the, the best criminal college that the country has in Manhattan. And I've spoken in her class, lectured in her class a few times. So what I do believe, Dawn, is that God has us on a mission. And sometimes we think, you know, oh, this is the worst thing that ha has happened in our lives. And to be honest, it's true. But it has made us into the people that we are. And our purpose has shifted. So our steps, to me, our steps were already ordered. And so our, our, our purpose is shifting into a different direction where we're going to be helping so many other people. And then our kids are going to come out and they're going to do some amazing things where they're helping other people as well. Exactly. And that that's a really good point is when they do come home, they these are the young men and young ladies of the world that a lot of them are starting their own businesses. One of the gentlemen we got to meet at the retreat started his own business. And that is the things that I love to see that is coming out of all of this hurt, all of this stuff that is going on. We're rising out of the ashes like a phoenix. And we're going to take the world by storm because it is amazing to see, okay, we were in this dark place, but now guess what it is no longer defining me. It is no longer defining my life and I can get out there and do what needs to be done. And that right there is what enabled me to really start stepping back because when my son, when my son first went, you know, your world does go crashing down. Yeah. And there for a while, he was the one that was being the sunlight. He was going like, it'll be okay. When I come home, we're going to do all of this stuff. And he just kept being really, really positive. And it really took me a while to get in that space that he was already at. 
and just to hear him talk about his plans of what he wants to do when he comes home is enough to really get me to take notice to step up and say you know what we are going to change this world and we are going to change those accountability culpability laws because we have to give some hope to not only the families but to our kids too as well and you know we all make severe lapse in judgment sometimes right um and we as we hold ourselves account accountable we have to hold them accountable as well um blake you know my firstborn you know let me humanize him a little bit um did off-broadway plays in new york city was an actor a writer a producer a dancer did ballet tap and jazz you know play basketball really 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 smart kid but one thing that I didn't realize was a lot of things that he did do was connected to his DNA. And so we have to know what we're doing when we get involved with someone, because a lot of times our sons are their fathers. Had I known that when I was 17 years old, I probably wouldn't have got involved with his father because of this. But I did. And I can't go backwards. I have to move forward. Um, but what I do know is we have to, what, I, what we learned at the retreat was the judges make their judgment sometimes on temperament, right? Yeah. You know, they didn't, he didn't have to give Blake 40 years. He could have gave Blake probation, but he gave Blake 40 years. And a lot of that I think was, it was right after hurricane Katrina, a lot of people moved to Houston and there was a lot of trouble that had started there. So it was like, I'm going to make a judgment. I'm going to make an example out of this little black kid. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So no one comes behind him and make the same mistake. Was it right? Absolutely not. But did Blake go out and rob people? Absolutely. He did. So he did need to have, he need, did need to be sat down because it could have went another way. I could have been attending a funeral, planning a funeral, but God sat him down in a prison cell. And I know that Blake is gonna be home soon. I'm projecting in the next two years. So Dawn, it won't be 40 years. Yes. Same with your son. Your son is gonna be coming home. April's son is gonna be coming home. And we're gonna go out and we're gonna change the world. Because the world needs us for so long, mothers are in the back seat of the car, right? We're never driving the force. And I, I, I told someone this the other day, I don't want to work in hard labor. My money, the money that I deposit in my account is the same. But if it has to be in hard labor, I don't want it. This is a passion. And so when I deposit a check for speaking at a university or a prison or, you know, speaking at, you know, different events, it wasn't hard labor. It was a passion because now it's changing people's lives. Yeah. And when someone hears me or when someone hears you or someone hears April or Melissa or Tracy, they feel. And so that's not hard labor. It's something that we're really passionate about. And so I'm just so happy that you ladies are on board with me. Y'all aren't behind me. We're all in the same road together. We're going to be walking this 
We're going to be talking then. We're going to be flying around the country, changing lives, changing laws, getting bills passed. Because right now, that's what that's what they need. Have you ever heard of mothers coming in unity to do something like this? Absolutely not. Hmm. We're always the ones in pain. And what, what, what do we do? We sit back and we let the cards fall where, where they are. No, not anymore. It's time for us to be on the front line and change the trajectory of how not only we are going to go forth, but more mothers are going to go forth. Because once they see us, then they'll start talking. Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. What we're doing, then they're gonna we're gonna be a leader of the pack. Yes. And, and that's all I want. Exactly. And we already see that coming to fruition. Ever since we started this, I have been reached out by a couple of mothers that are really local to me that have the sons that are in prison, the same reason my son's in prison. And it's amazing to be able to have that community. And as we keep spider webbing this out, ladies and gentlemen, it is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger because mothers, you are the voice of your children. You are the voice of your future grandchildren. You are the voice of your future, future grandchildren. And when we start talking about generational patterns, we're not just talking about a whole bunch of woo-woo stuff here, ladies and gentlemen. This is science. What is in your past and what was in your parents' and grandparents' past is in your DNA. Now, I'm going to take that and I'm going to I'm going to twist it around a little bit because it does not have to stay that way. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about changing that DNA because you can. And by changing that, then you're changing the future. You're changing the future of not only your world, your child's world, but of your grandkids' world and the future generations. So don't get bogged down in the melancholy because we don't want you to stay there. We want you to come up, rise up with us because I'm telling you, we're warriors, whether you think it or not, whether you believe it or not, at this point in time, you are a warrior. And ladies, I'm telling you, we we got our shields out, we got our swords out, and we're coming, whether you want to see it or not, we're coming. And I've been looking at some of the footage and, you know, if you think in this documentary, you're going to get a fairy tale version, don't, don't watch it because you're going to get real and raw. You're going to, we're going to get from these mothers are real and raw. And that's what I want. I want mothers to sit on the couches with their sons and daughters. And it scares the hell out of them where they're like, oh, no, I'm not going to make the mistake he made or he made. Or I want them to see how much we hurt, that they want to protect us and they don't want to make these mistakes. That's what I want them to get out of this documentary. I want people, the world to see, not just the country, the world to see that we have to decide whether we put $25 on our son's books or put gas in our cars or $50 to go out and eat a steak or do we sit home and eat a hot dog because we have to put money on their books. Some of these mothers have three and four kids in prison and what do they do? It's all the sacrifices that they make to make sure that their kids go without. This is what I want to depict to the world, what we go through. We're that missing piece. 
that nobody cares about. But what we do, what we will have is there's 2.3 million people in prison and 2.3 million, there's, there's 2.3 million mothers out there who's hiding their tears behind a smile. You know, I went to work every day at a law firm and nobody knew that what I was going through, but I would get in my car and I would cry. I would look out the rear view mirror and I would see my son on his bicycle when he was five years old or see him tap dancing in dancing class at a recital. Those are the things that people don't see. They don't see us going in the bathroom, crying at night, wishing that our kids were home or wish not knowing what could happen. It's COVID right now. Yes. Blake just told me they had 700 people to catch COVID in prison, in his, in his prison. He's waking up at five o'clock in the morning, going across the street to work in the kitchen because the other prison um, that's across from them, they're so infected. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. So those are our biggest fears. And so if we don't get out and do the work, it won't get done. And so this is my whole mission, Dawn. And I'm so glad you're on this ride with me because from the moment I talked to you, I've seen you rise up, girl. You've been rising up. From that day I came to Arkansas to meet you, you have risen. You have risen. And what I love about you, and let me just brag on you a little bit. What I love about you is you didn't make excuses. You took accountability. And you say, this is me. This is what happened. And let me move forward. As painful as it was. Now you're doing a podcast and you're talking to other professionals and other people about what they're going through and their leadership. This is where you are right now. You know, regardless if you leave off here and lay on that couch and cry at night, nobody sees that. But these are the pressure points that we have. This is what we go through. I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, okay, y'all, it takes a lot for a tick to fall off a dog's back. <laughs> right? Very true. But when you do something with my for, to my kids, those ticks start to fall off. And then that's when I go fighting. And so that's the same energy that we have to use when those ticks fall off. We have to go fighting because we're all that they have. Exactly. And thank you so much for that, Tasha. And those of you that was listening to that, I will just add to that a little bit when she was talking about, I was talking about the accountability piece. And this is one reason why we talk about generational patterns. Not only was my son put in prison for child pornography, here's the reason. I was molested at a very young age. It started with my family. And because I did not share and break that pattern, because didn't know any better. Didn't have a clue. I was going like, my sons don't need to know that. My other family doesn't need to know that. When my blood dad found out, he literally fell down to his knees and cried because he was going like, I could have stopped this. But I was going like, no, here is the reason why. 
there are some things that we go through that if I had not have been through that and then my son at the age of eight was molested by a neighborhood boy at the age of 12. Wow. So now that pattern continues because what happened to him at the age of 12 that he figured out to do that to my two sons. See, I had both of my sons. Both of them were molested by the same boy. One's in prison, one is not. They both had things that they had to go through. And with Andy, with his things, he was smoking pot, he was drinking, he was skipping school. He was doing all the things that I thought a normal teenager boy would do. And yet in the back of my mind, I'm going like, does it really have to do with what I think it has to do with? And I was going like, I really did not want to see it. So we brushed it aside. And when you brush it aside, now here's why he is in prison, because we didn't see all of the signs. We didn't take care of all of the signs. And he admitted during his parole hearing to the parole board that it took him going to prison to learn how to open up to people. And that is devastating that when your child says, I have to go to, I had to go to prison to learn how to open up to somebody. That's, that's devastating. I didn't let him know that. He still does not know that. And he probably won't know that for a little bit. But we have to take those things. And we, when we go through those things as a family, because I'm telling you what, I have an awesome husband that we have been married now. It'll be 30 years, 30, 31. He's, he, he keeps up better than I do, which is funny, <laughs> but 30 years and we've been through this roller coaster together and we're still married and we still love each other. And when you go through these dynamics of your kids going to prison, families, 75% of families split up, ladies and gentlemen, that's not a good statistic. And here we are. We've been through that. We've been through so much of that. And I was going through that and I was working full time. I was going to school. I have a master's in leadership and management. How in the world I managed to do that, raising three boys, going through all of that mess and still keep it together? I have no freaking clue. And then to come home one day and my house is just totally ransacked. And I'm telling y'all, those that are listening, if you have not been through that, you do not want to go through that. I'm telling you now, you do not want to go through that. So those of you that have troubled youth right now that are listening to this, if you're listening to the replay, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening this to, sit down and have those honest conversations. And I'm not talking about yelling and screaming. I'm talking about sit down and have an honest conversation because those honest conversations is what's going to keep your kid from being the statistic that my kid is. And it's, it's uncomfortable conversations. They're not only honest, but they're very, very uncomfortable. And you know, sometimes in order for you to get comfortable, you have to get uncomfortable. And that's the reason for this documentary is we're going to make people very uncomfortable 
but they're going to have those honest and uncomfortable conversations with their kids. They're going to be on their couch looking at their kids and like, have this ever happened to you? You know, what are you hiding? Maybe if their kid is smoking pot, why, why are you smoking pot? Have you been hurt? What happened along the way? And when you start to have those conversations, those honest conversations, they begin to open up. But when you open up with them and because of us, because we're opening up, so many other parents are going to open up, too. And they're going to have these uncomfortable conversations. And unfortunately for us, we didn't have these conversations before, but now we're learning. And sometimes it takes bad things to happen to good people in order for us to transform into the phoenix and the eagles that we should be. Exactly. Exactly. Rising up from those ashes. Because ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, that's what we are all doing. There is this earth is changing and we're changing for the better. And I know there's a lot of things that are going on right now that a lot of people are going like down your nut. But it is changing for the better because we are waking up. We're waking up from the past of the transgressions, we're fixing them. And as we fix them, what we do to ourselves, we do to others. Mm. And if you sit back and think about that a little bit, because those of you that are listening to this podcast or be listening to the replay, I know some of you are going to be so judgmental. I was one of them. I will tell you now, don't, don't even until you walk in our shoes, I don't even want to hear a comment because it is not going to serve a purpose. Go visit the prisons. Go see what these ladies and gentlemen go through. Go see what these wardens go through. Go see what these CEOs go through. Go see what these moms and dads go through. Go see what these grandparents go through. And, you know, it's funny, you know, so many people are going to say, you know, I hear so many people blaming the system. We're not here to blame the system. We're here to be critical on what the system represents, yes. right? And what they do behind the scenes, yeah. you know, the fights, the the, the correctional office, officers beating the, the gentleman up because I don't say inmates. I don't, you know, call my child an inmate because he's a human and I'm gonna humanize him. He made a mistake. And we're all a day away from prison. We're all a day away from prison. And so we're critical on what they represent. And that's what we're fighting for, the representation of what they put out. And they're not putting out honesty. You know, when our kids are going through something, they're not honest with us. You know, they tell us, you know, they're the state's property. No, my son isn't the state's property. So I'm going to fight for him. And when we let them know that they have support behind those walls, you see a big difference. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And that was one of the things that they were talking about. They were going like, he has so much support. And I was going, yeah. And there's a reason for that. He's always had that support. And it's, it's amazing to see those moms, those of us that are able to give that support. And ladies and gentlemen, if you just 
write or call them or when they call as they call them you can call them but when they call talk to them write them letters get them cards it means so much to them because you would not believe how many of them think that their families don't care about them anymore because they are where they're at and when they come home they still need that support because i know when my son comes home we already know that there's going to be massive amounts of support that we're going to have for him because when they come home they're changed yeah and they're and they're traumatized they're yeah. traumatized um i'm working with a lady right now her son just came home and in new orleans we put bars on our doors, right? A lot of neighborhoods have bars on their doors and you lock the door, you lock the bar, right? He needed to sleep on the porch because he couldn't sleep in a house where they locked the bars. So he was sleeping on the porch. She would wake up and he was on the porch. Um, another thing she said was he always looks around like he's paranoid. Well, in prison, you have to watch your back, you know? So it's going to be a lot. It's going to be them overeating, you know, things that they didn't get. Now they want it's all, it's going to almost be like a gluttony because now I can have these things that I, I, I missed on. And so I'm here for it. I'm here for it because when my son comes home, I'm going to indulge him in gumbo and, crab cakes and all that good food that we eat here in New Orleans. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yes. Yes. And things that he used to get that he no longer, you know, he no longer gets. And it's going to be a big difference. And we're all going to stick together. So when they do come home, yeah. we're going to be on this road together. So Andy, we're going to have a big party for Andy when he comes home. Yeah. I'm going to fly out to Arkansas. And we're going to love on him and show him that he does have support. Yes. And I love that idea. I think we need to do that for every single one of them because they matter. And I'm telling you what, these ladies, this is a lifelong friendship. So those of you that are listening that were at the retreat, I was not kidding when I said reach out to me because I'm telling you, we are all here for each other. There is so many of us that need to keep radiating that out, keep shining that light because we are the beacon of hope. I know that's my tagline for my business, but I'm, I don't use that lightly because we are the beacon. You are moms. You are that beacon. You are that light. So keep shining it. Yes, yes. And dream the painting and wake up and paint the dream. And that's what we're doing here. We're painting our dream. Yeah. We know exactly what we want and we're going after it and no one's going to stop us. No. All right. So we are about ready to wrap up. And I always, I always ask my guests, what is one nugget that you can give them? And especially as a mom, that has gone through the things that you have? There's always a rainbow at the end of the darkness. You have to, you don't have to search for it. When you begin to do what God has intended you to do, that rainbow is going to show up and it's going to shine so bright. And with that being said, Dawn, right now your rainbow is there. 
you don't even have to look for it. It's here and it's illuminating within you. And you have so much to give to other mothers. So with that being said, I want you to continue to dream this painting and continue to paint that dream. Wake up and paint that dream every morning. And God is gonna shine so bright and illuminate your light that you're not gonna know what to do. You're not gonna know what's next, but it's coming. And I want you just to continue to illuminate your light and don't dim it for anyone. And thank you. I love you so much. And I'm always here for you your fam and your family. Thank you. That is awesome, Tasha. Light shine bright, people. I'm telling you, if you have not heard that song, go look it up. Light shine bright. All right, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to the replay, comment down below. I want you to replay this. I want you to share this. Download it. I am on Anchor. I am on Amazon. I am on Apple. I am on um, YouTube. <laughs> I am on my business page. Wherever you find me, download this, share this. There are other mothers that need to hear this. They need to hear this hope. They also need to get this book. And I don't plug books just to plug them. But this one, they definitely need to get. You can find that on her website, which is TashaMills.com. Go there, get the book. And everybody, like I always tell you, whether you believe it or not, you are unstoppable. You are loved and you are the beacon of hope. Everybody have a good evening. Tasha, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And everybody have a happy Halloween and be careful of the goals. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs>